short firemen and fat cops. <laughs> a Tucker raid? What? And the idiocy of climate hoax in Ireland. All that and a very special tribute to Memorial Day. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Monday! Yeah, yes, Monday is back. It never goes away. It's always waiting in the wings to come and attack us, and attack us it has. All right, yeah, we have a jam-packed show tonight full of all kinds of head shakers. You know what, I'm? whenever we bring them up, you read the story and you just go, what? I got a ton of those all coming up tonight. Hey, protect your online activity with the best and easiest VPN. That would be NordVPN. Use the special link in our show notes down below, and you will get an incredible deal. Three months free and 59% off. How about them bananas? Nice, huh? All right, NordVPN. Right now, let's get on with uh, our usual opening, where we always take a look at what's happening. In our favorite little Shiba Inu's life, that would be Miko. Miko is doing great. Had a good walk today, met some friends, had a little bit of a run, and ate a couple of huge meals, which she never does. I think she's going to get fat. And this was her, actually, <laughs> this picture is mid-yawn. Uh, she's not just sitting there panting. This was actually caught her right in the middle of a giant yawn. So that's what that is. And there she is striking a pose. <laughs> she's doing great. Thanks for asking. And uh, yeah, so that is our Miko update. Our Miko update brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox.com. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link, which will get you a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription at BarkBox. Every month, right to your door, you'll get delivered a themed box of goodies, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. It comes every month. Sign up for one month if you want, but six months, 12 months, incredible deal. And with our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. You will get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Thank you, BarkBox.com. All right. We have a ton of stuff coming up tonight, and I will get through all of it, I hope. All the links to everything we talk about is in our show notes. But before we start that, today is, of course, Memorial Day, a day to honor those men and women who gave their lives in defense of this country. And there are two things I want to share with you. One is a poem, a short poem, from John McRae. It is called In Flanders Field, and it goes like this. In Flanders fields the poppies blow, between the crosses row on row, that mark our place, and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly. Scarce heard amidst the guns below. We are the dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunsets glow. Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' field. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' field. Wow. Written way back in uh, 1918 from John McRae. Fantastic. All right, and I got one more thing to share with you tonight, and it's three plus minutes long. You know, all the books say, and all the podcast rules, and the Live streaming rules say don't use videos as your max is like two minutes. You'll lose your audience. First of all, I don't care. I want to share this because it's that important on Memorial Day. Um, second of all, it's my show. I do what I want. <laughs> now, this is an absolutely amazing speech from the incredible Ronald Reagan. And you may have seen it before, but 
even if you have, it's worth seeing it. Or if nothing else, listening to it again. So we're going to take about three minutes and we're going to listen to President Reagan and his immortal, amazing words. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Wow. Some powerful, powerful words from uh, President Reagan on this uh, Memorial Day 2023. All right. Let's get on with it, shall we? We got a lot going on tonight, not the least of which is this crap from new york city you know after all that emo stuff i almost hate to do this but we got to we just got to take a look at this the the new york city mayor that moron has now banned height and weight requirements he says body type has nothing to do with health what I've seen some body types that I'm pretty sure aren't really very healthy. <laughs> the Democratic mayor of New York City outlawed discrimination against people on the basis of weight and height in the Big Apple. 
He signed into law the practice on Friday while surrounding by or surrounded by fat liberation supporters. We all deserve access to employment, housing, and public accommodations. Regardless of your appearance, it shouldn't matter how tall you are or how much you weigh. That's according to Adams at the signing. Other local state governments have also banned height and weight discrimination. Michigan, Santa Cruz, San Francisco, no surprise there. Washington, D.C., Madison, Wisconsin, and Binghamton, New York. The National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance... (laughs) Uh, Tigris Osborne, lovely name, uh, said the bill should lead other governments across the globe to enact similar legislation. We all know, y'all know, New York is the global city, she said. And this will ripple across the globe in terms of showing people all over the world that discrimination against people based on their body size is wrong and is something we can change. Yeah. So now if you want to become a cop or a fireman in New York City, you can weigh 400 pounds and it doesn't matter. Forget the idea that you can't do the job. You just literally cannot do the job. But just because you weigh 400 pounds should not be a reason to stop you. They're going to hire you anyway. They're going to stick you at some big, fat, oversized desk. And there you're going to sit and waste taxpayers' money. Isn't that nice? Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Was that hate speech? I sure hope so. Sounded like hate speech to me. Yep. Well, that's going to get everybody in trouble very soon. The White House is telling social media platforms... I'm sure Rumble will probably tell them to go get laid. But telling social media platforms to take a zero-tolerance stance against hate speech. Mm. Whatever the White House decides is hate speech. Not what may really be hate speech. They're going to tackle anti-Semitism to make online platforms accountable unveiled a strategy to fight anti-Semitism that involves telling Congress to push social media platforms to be held accountable for hate speech. Some 60-page waste-of-space document details the four pillars of the strategy, which are raising awareness, improving safety for Jewish communities, reversing what they call the normalization of anti-Semitism, and countering anti-Semitic discrimination and hate speech. All wonderful, wonderful pillars to uphold. Calling George Soros an idiot, a Nazi, isn't hate speech as far as anti-Semitism is concerned. It has nothing to do with the fact that George Soros is Jewish. It has everything to do with the fact that George Soros is doing everything he can to destroy this country. That's what it has to do with. But they're going to just keep on, you know, I'm not going to play this cut because nobody really wants to hear that idiot blabber his way through another ridiculous comment that, you know, virtually no one can understand what he says anyway, so who cares? All right. Hey, you right. just give me a second here so I can tell you about one of our wonderful sponsors. They pay a lot of money to be here, and so we want to be able to tell you about them. And one of our new sponsors, we love them, is Blackout Coffee. Oh, my goodness, this is good coffee. Oh, yeah. Blackout Coffee not only roasts the most amazing coffee you will ever taste, But they uphold our values, conservative values. The principles of conservative values is what this company was founded on. They believe in the importance of hard work, 
personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values, the best small batch fresh roasted coffee, and it is all done in-house. And yes, they can get it to you fresh because they ship within 24 to 48 hours max. So the beans you're getting have been fresh roasted. Sourcing premium specialty grade green coffee beans, which are graded at 80 points or better on a hundred scale. Specialty coffees are grown at the perfect altitude, the right time of year, the best soil, and then harvested at exactly the right time. America's strong coffee that supports our values, supports our troops, our first responders. And this is a company, not only do you need to help support because they support our values, our conservative values, but because it makes a damn good coffee. Roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed, usually within 24 to 48 hours, which means you get the beans just days after they have been roasted. Right now, there's a link in our show notes right down below. Click open the show notes. It'll expand down and look for uh, Blackout Coffee. And indeed, if you use that, you will get an incredible offer from Blackout Coffee and us here at the Jay Sheldon Show. By the way... On your first order, I got you a promo code because I know you love promo codes. When you order for the first time, you put in J's 20, J-A-Y-S 20. That will get you 20% off at checkout for first-time orders. Yeah, J's 20, J-A-S 20. That promo code is also there in our show notes. I believe it should be in there. So check it out. Blackout Coffee. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, that's the thing. It's not just an amazing company. It is a company that supports traditional conservative values, and we love them for that. All right. Uh, you may have seen this headline. It is scary as hell, but strangely enough and sadly enough, it didn't make the news hardly anywhere. This is from the Epic Times. U.S. Marshals have rescued... 225 endangered or missing children in a national operation. U.S. Marshal Service announced this week, actually it was last week, 225 missing or endangered children have been recovered in just a 10-week time period. Wow. Multi-state 10-week effort dubbed Operation We Will Find You. The news relays May 24th, so just a few days ago, federal law enforcement agency said the children, including runaways, as well as abductees by non-custodial individuals. The operation, described by the agency as an effort focused on areas with high clusters of critically missing or endangered children, resulting in the safe location of 56 children and the recovery of 169 that is frightening children found both in areas inside and outside the u.s the youngest listen to this the youngest child who was rescued six months old oh my god additionally of the missing children recovered 62% were found within a week of the U.S. Marshal Service assisting with their investigation. 42 children found inside of a city they went missing in. 10 of those located in Mexico. A large number of teenage girls described by the agency as possible victims of human trafficking located in L.A. County, San Bernardino County, County Riverside County areas, from March 1st to May 15th, part of the nationwide sting operation, according to separate news releases. 86% of the children were endangered runaways, 9% only were family abductions, and 5% were considered otherwise missing. You need to read the rest of this article to find out more about it, but that is a frightening I mean, thank God they've rescued these kids as young as six months old. 
Damn. But 225 in just 10 weeks. Imagine the other ones that are out there. Something needs to be done, my friends. Something needs to be done. Absolutely frightening. <sighs> this is kind of a related story, but mm, maybe not. Parents to big tech. We want our children back. That's from the Daily Signal. Great article. Check it out. Basically, it's talking about um, Ernest Hemingway said once for a good speech, all you have to do is write one true sentence. Write the truest sentence you know. Kate Winslet's acceptance speech at the 23 British Academy of Film and Arts Television Awards accomplished exactly that. Winslet won the award for leading actress in her role of uh, in I Am Ruth, series about the hardships of raised, raising children in the digital age. Her address gave the audience an honest account of how technology has created a divide between parents and their children because of this stupid thing. <coughs> what her made her speech true came in the form of a single admonition directed at big tech. We want our children back. Are you listening, TikTok? Social media, other tech services, linked to depression. Listen to this. Depression, anxiety, isolation, and in some cases, suicide in children and teens. Even Meta, parent company of Facebook, owns studios. Their, their own studios found that products are toxic to young users, especially teenage girls. And wouldn't you know, teenage girls are by far the biggest percentage of users on these ridiculous platforms like TikTok. Highly addictive, and that is by design, by the way. Deliberately so, these platforms are highly... When you I mean, I know old people only use Facebook. When you sign into Facebook, the first thing you do is look up for that little red dot on your notifications. Hmm. It's all about, you know, it's like, it's like the, it's like, what is it? Pavlov's dog. Ding. <laughs> Great. Now Jay's doing dog imitations. Very nice. <clears throat> all right. Excuse me. Anyway, they're doing what they can, but basically parents are organizing and saying, big tech, we want our damn kids back. One of the ways, by the way, would be for you to take your kids back yourself. Limit their handphone use. I know it's a huge argument, the screaming, the yelling, the whining, the crying, throwing a hissy fit. But, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you just got to do. You are the mom or you are the dad. They are the child. And they should, should do. I know we don't live in that world anymore. But there's no reason we can't absolutely no reason we can't live in that world again it's just up to you to grow a pair all right speaking of growing a pair tucker carlson's got a big pair <laughs> oh i'm sure of that take a look at this story didn't hear much about this one did you from red state fbi raided the home of media consultant Democrat politician over embarrassing Tucker videos. You've obviously we covered it ad nauseum here on the show when all of these Tucker videos supposedly leaked from off the satellite of behind the scenes things. All they really did was make him seem like even more of a hero. But anyway, where did they come from? Some people thought it was Fox actually leaking them. I said, nah, I don't think so. There's more to the story. And the FBI is involved. No kidding. Wow. An FBI search earlier this month at the home of media consultant Tim Burke and his wife, 
Tampa Bay City Council member Lynn Hertak stemmed from an investigation of alleged computer intrusions and intercepted communications at the Fox News Network. <laughs> that, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Got a letter Thursday, Tampa federal prosecutor sent to Fox News, which describes an ongoing criminal probe into computer hacks at the company, including unaired video from the Tucker Carlson show. Woo-hoo. The letter asked Fox to preserve all records related to the investigation and termed them as one of the potential victim witnesses of alleged criminal conduct. Ooh, somebody's in trouble. There they are. Wow. This is going to be a story to follow, and follow it we will. My goodness, imagine that. You see, I told you. I told you it wasn't Fox News spreading that stuff. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. It really couldn't be. All right, we got more. Oh, we do. Mm. Also, don't forget, coming up, we'll continue our book. We're on Chapter 8 of George Orwell's 1984. We're living in it. <laughs> we are living in it, my friends. Hey, you ever been late for work? Mm? I, I have. Everybody has. I mean, come on. Who, has, who, uh, who can actually raise your hand and say, I have never, ever been late for work? Liar. Everybody's late for work all the time. Just don't make a habit of it, okay? Would you say that being late 47 times was making a habit of it? How about 47 times in 10 months you were late to work? Well, here's what happened. A trainer at a gym was late 47 times. And so they fired her, obviously. It doesn't stop there. It gets better because we live in a world full of insanity. The gym has been ordered to pay her $11.25 million. I'm not kidding. Unfreaking believable. This one's going to make your teeth hurt. If you're a business owner with employees, it might make your blood boil. Either way, if this is racial justice, we're screwed. A newly hired, this is a new hire, a newly hired trainer at a high-end gym on New York City's Upper East Side, foo -foo, showed up late to work 47 times in 10 months, and they fired her for chronic lateness. And of course, what happened? She sued. And of course, what happened? Instead of the court saying, Get the f out of here. They said, yeah, you're right. Here, Jim, you're going to give this idiot late trainer $11.25 million in damages. We live in a clown world, my friends. Do, 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 Unbelievable. The link to this story is in our show notes. It's from Red State. There's more details about the background, everything that happened. But that is the bottom line. I'm pretty much not leaving anything out. Ten months, 47 times, fired for chronic lateness, and some idiot judge awards her $11.2 million. We live in a clown world. <laughs> what more is there to say? This is freaking ridiculous. Hey, did you know we invaded Peru? What? 
I know. What? You didn't hear about it, did you? Of course you didn't hear about it. We've invaded Peru. The U.S. was invited to invade Peru by an unelected Peruvian government. This is one of those little conflicts that you don't hear about, and they just slide by. A.K.A. a tyrannical dictatorship running Peru right now has invited the U.S. to invade to protect access to lithium deposits. Oh, here we go. Of course, lithium deposits used for making batteries in your phone, in your cars. Why are we going to Peru now? Because the corporations demand it. Why isn't U.S. media covering the coup in Peru? Well, Biden installed a CIA veteran as an ambassador and is now sending U.S. troops to Peru. You never hear about this crap. Coup USA, U.S. troops. This is a huge story and no one is covering it. Political turmoil has been brewing for a long time in Peru. Six months ago, this crap started happening. Amid the coup, counter-coup claims, uh, what really went down in Peru and why? Well, the primary objective of this operation is to lend... I love how they put this. It's for your own good. To lend support and assistance to the Joint Command of the Armed Forces and National Police of Peru's Special Operations especially in regions recently plagued by violence. <laughs> the story goes on. Mexico's getting involved. They're pissed off. Again, if you looked when I first read this headline about we've invaded Peru and went, what? It is absolutely a fact. Invited down there by an unelected dictatorship, and if you want to know more, read that article. It is in our show notes. You really ought to get yourself up to date on these stories because certainly the mainstream media is not going to cover it. In fact, almost no one is covering it. I covered it, but, you know, who am I? You and me, folks, that's it. Spread it around. By the way, all those links in our show notes... I put those there not just so you can read the whole story, but so you can share them out too with your friends, post them on your social media, Twitter, wherever it is. If you want to follow me on Twitter, by the way, the link is also in our show notes. It's down below all the other stuff. And it's at It's Jay Sheldon, I-T-S-J Sheldon. You'll see it as the Jay Sheldon Show. Please give me a follow. I always follow you back for the most part. All right, here's one for you. The hoax of climate change has reared its ugly head. It's not as it reared its ugly head again. It hasn't gone away. It's never going away until these people realize nobody's buying your bullshit. Listen to this. Northern Ireland, they keep coming up with these headlines, restricting freedom of speech, getting rid of all your personal privacy, and now the leftists, leftists have done it again. Northern Ireland faces the loss of a million, one million sheep and cattle in order to meet the hoax of climate change targets. Unbelievable. This assembly in Northern Ireland, their first climate act, is going to require the farming sector to reach net zero, which we all know is not possible, by 2050. Northern Ireland will need to cull more than a million sheep and cattle to meet their new legally binding climate emissions targets. A large-scale reduction in farm animals comes after the passing of the jurisdiction's ever Climate Act, requiring the farming sector, see, they're going after the farms, right, Holland? Requiring the farming sector to reach net zero carbon, carbon emissions, which again, scientifically, cannot be done. 
You're chasing a hoax, you freaking morons. Uh, anyway, they by 2050, yeah, uh, good luck. By 4,050, it still isn't going to happen. Reduce methane emissions. Oh, farting cows and sheep. Here we go again. Anyway, read the article. If you're in Ireland, God help you. The only thing I could possibly suggest is maybe move, but moving from country to another country, it's not exactly like moving from state to state. You know what I mean? In the U.S., we have the luxury of being able to move freely from state to state. That is not necessarily the case. All right. This is brilliant. The link is in our show notes. I'm just going to read it the way it's written. It was written by Victor Davis Hanson. We all know that name. The left... The link's in our show notes. This you must share on your social media. The left is waging a full-fledged cultural revolution against traditional America. The Maoist results are often as absurd as they are terrifying. Special counsel John Durham just issued his final report on wrongdoing within the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice, the summary confirms that our premier investigatory and intelligence agencies interfered in the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. Directors, high-ranking FBI officials, lied under oath, misled Congress, altered court documents, and deceived federal judges hired a foreign national to gather dirt on Donald Trump's 2016 campaign while he was being paid by the rival Hillary Clinton campaign. FBI contracted Twitter to suppress news stories, kept Hunter Biden laptop under wraps, even as former intelligence officials flat out lied that it was likely Russian disinformation. A blatant effort to aid the 2020 Biden campaign. IRS just conceded whistleblowers were correct and the agency fired its entire multi-year audit team responsible for investigating Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, his tax irregularities. California facing a crushing $32 billion deficit. And yet, they're flirting with this $800 billion billion in reparations to the state's black residents. No one has any idea where the money to that is going to come from. Although now I heard they're talking about maybe doing it in installment plans. God, people are just freaking nuts. The NAACP just issued a travel alert advising black people not to visit Florida. The announcement, time to draw negative attention to, uh, from conservative Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's announcement of a presidential bid. Chicago, Baltimore, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, L.A., Indianapolis, all outside Florida have the highest black murder rates in the nation. Florida, in contrast with a black population of 3.3 million, has the second number of black-owned businesses in the nation. The chairman of the NAACP's board of directors, himself, a Florida resident. Black Lives Matter just announced it's lost Millions of dollars, suckers, ran up huge deficits. It's former corrupt leadership, the main culprit there. It goes on and on and on. It's just unbelievable. All these implosions are not just shocking. They're surreal. Why are government corporations, popular culture, 
all colluding in this, what is best described as a mass suicide, to the delight of our enemies, like, oh, say, communist China, is absolutely beyond me. Please check out this link. It's the second to the last link in our show notes tonight called In This Show or In Tonight's Show. Wow, I got one more to go. And then we're going to do our book, 1984, George Orwell. Mm -hmm. Now, check this out. What a great way to wrap up this part of the show for Memorial Day. I consider the heroes, the ones that gave their lives. That quote from a 101-year-old veteran who is the final survivor of the USS Arizona. Wow. And there he is, 101 years old, the only, the last living survivor of the Japanese uh, bombing of Pearl Harbor and the USS Arizona. Navy veteran Lou Conter, 101, Wow. He was 20 years old when that happened. He says, I consider the heroes the one who gave their lives but never came home to their families. They're the real heroes. Since Ken Potts passed away last month, 102 years old, Conter is now the final known USS Arizona survivor. He assisted in getting others out of the vessel As we guided these men to safety, more often than not, their burned skin would come off on our hands, he noted in his book, The Lou Conter Story, according to the journal. Conter became a pilot, was a member of a team that carried out bomb runs in the South Asia Pacific. He survived being shot down twice. Uh, After the conclusion of World War II, he went back to the Golden State, signed up for the reserves. The man also served in the Korean War. He said he would like to return to Pearl Harbor. It's been around four years since he attended the yearly remembrance. The outlet reported, noting his physician forbids him from taking the long flight to Hawaii. Counter noted, I'd like to go just once more. A big salute and our hat is off to you, sir. Unbelievable, the last living survivor of the USS Arizona. Wow, amazing. Take a moment, my friends, take a moment. All right, it is time to move on to 1984, which, weird, because we're kind of living in it. It's so amazing. I told you before, (coughs) excuse me, I told you before that um, I've never read this book. I know the book, of course, all the quotes from the book and everything else, but I've never actually sat down and read the book. And I don't pre-read all these books that we read on this show. We've been reading books on this show forever. 370-something shows ago we started. And uh, so I'm discovering it with you, which is kind of cool. I like that. And we just read a part of a chapter at a time, and then we move on to our next stream. We continue it the next night. So right now, we've been doing 1984 from George Orwell, and like I said, it is frightening exactly how much this man forecast the times we would be living in in 2023. So we continue now with Chapter 8 of George Orwell's 1984. Somewhere at the bottom of a passage, the smell of roasting coffee Real coffee, not victory coffee, came floating out into the street. Winston paused involuntarily. For perhaps two seconds, he was back in the half-forgotten world of his childhood. Then a door banged, seeming to cut off the smell as abruptly as though it had been a sound. He'd walked several kilometers over pavements, and his varicose ulcer was throbbing. This was the second time in three weeks he'd missed an evening at the community center, a rash act, since you could be certain 
that the number of your attendances at the center was carefully checked. In principle, a party member had no spare time and was never alone except in bed. It was assumed that when he was not working, eating, or sleeping, he'd be taking part in some kind of communal recreation. To do anything that suggested a taste for solitude, even to go for a walk by yourself, was always slightly dangerous. There was a word for it in newspeak, own life. It was called, meaning individualism and eccentricity. But this evening, as he came out of the ministry, the balminess of the April air had tempted him. The sky was a warmer blue than he'd seen it that year, and suddenly the long, noisy evening at the center, the boring, exhausting games, the lectures... The creaking camaraderie oiled by gin had seemed intolerable. On impulse, he'd turned away from the bus stop, wandered off into the labyrinth of London, first south, then east, then north again, losing himself among unknown streets, hardly bothering in which direction he was going. If there is hope, he'd written in the diary, it lies in the proles. The words kept coming back to him, statement of a mystical truth and a palpable absurdity. He was somewhere in the vague brown-colored slums to the north and east of what had once been St. Pancras Station. He was walking up a cobbled street of two little story houses with battered doorways which gave straight on the pavement and which were somehow curiously suggestive of rat holes. There were puddles of filthy water here and there among the cobbles, in and out of the dark doorways, down alleyways that branched off on either side. People swarmed in astonishing numbers, girls in full bloom with cruddy lipsticked mouth, and the youths who chased the girls, the swollen, waddling women who showed you what the girls would be like in ten years' time, and an old bent creatures shuffling along on splayed feet, ragged, barefooted children who played in the puddles and then scattered at angry yells from their mothers. Perhaps a quarter of the windows in the street were broken, boarded up. Most of the people paid no attention to Winston. A few eyed him with a sort of guarded curiosity. Two monstrous women with red-bricked forearms folded across their aprons were talking outside a doorway. Winston caught scraps of the conversation as he approached. Yes, I say to her, that's all very well, I says, but... If you'd have been in my place, you'd have done the same as what I'd done. It's easy to criticize, I says, but you ain't got the same problems I got. Ah, said the other, that's just it. That's just where it is. The strident voices stopped abruptly. The women studied him in hostile silence as he went past. It wasn't hostility exactly, merely a kind of Weariness, a momentary stiffening, as if the passing of some unfamiliar animal. The blue overalls of the party could not be a common sight on a street like this. Indeed, it was unwise to be seen in such places, unless you had definite business there. The patrols might stop you if you happened to run into them. May I see your papers, comrade? What are you doing here? What time did you leave work? Is this your usual way home? And so on and so forth. Uh, not that there was any rule against walking home by an unusual route, but it was enough to draw attention to you if the thought police heard about it. Suddenly, the whole street was in a commotion. There were yells of warning from all sides. People were shooting into the doorways like rabbits. 
A young woman leapt out of the doorway a little ahead of Winston, grabbed up a tiny child playing in a puddle, whipped her apron round it, and leapt back again all in one movement. At the same instant, a man in a concertina-like black suit who'd emerged from the side alley ran towards Winston, pointing excitedly to the sky. Steamer, he yelled. Look out, governor. Bang overhead. Lay down quick. Steamer was a nickname for which, for some reason, the proles attached to rocket bombs. Winston promptly flung himself on his face. The proles were nearly always right when they gave you a warning of this kind. They seemed to possess some kind of instinct which told them several seconds in advance when a rocket was coming, although the rocket supposedly traveled faster than sound. Winston clasped his forearms above his head. There was a roar that seemed to make the pavement heave. A shower of light objects pattered on his back, and when he stood up, he was found he was covered with fragments of glass from the nearest window. And that's where we're going to pause for tonight. We will pick up this chapter eight in our next stream tomorrow night. All right. Have a uh, pleasant Memorial Day and your picnics and barbecues and whatever it may be. And take a moment, of course, to uh, remember those who gave their lives in service to our country. Take a moment. Happy Memorial Day, although happy is kind of a weird way to say it, but have a good one. I'll see you again tomorrow. Good night. <laughs>